founder of Greenhouse. He's been doing this for over 20 years, did the whole bootstrap, bootstrap, bootstrap thing. And now, you know, it's like he's addicted to raising capital. Why? Because it gets him new customers, number one. Number two, he's done it and raised about 60 million bucks. He's got a team of 200 people helping it, helping you hire people more efficiently, faster. Greenhouse is their product. They're going to be coming out with the Greenhouse CRM here shortly. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Daniel Chait. He's the CEO and co-founder of Greenhouse, which designs tools that help create and navigate the new world of work. Daniel's been a technology entrepreneur in New York for nearly 20 years. Now, before Greenhouse, he co-founded Lab49, a global firm providing technology consulting solutions for the world's leading investment banks. Daniel's a proud graduate of the computer engineering program at the University of Michigan. All right, Daniel, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. Very good. So tell us what Greenhouse does and what's your business model? How do you make money? Yeah. So we're a software company. We sell uh, recruiting software that uh, corporations use to kind of design and execute their hiring process. Um, it's a, you know, the business model is pretty straightforward. We try to be innovative on a lot of things, but not on that. Um, you know, you, uh, you company sign up for typically a one, two or three year subscription, and then they can use the software for the entire company, whether it's interviewers, hiring managers, executives, the HR team, kind of everyone gets in there and drives all the activity around hiring to help the company do a better job. So this is a, a software as a service play on one to three year annual contracts. 100%. Got it. Yep. And what is the I mean, so what's okay. the average would you say customer paying you per year? Uh, it really depends because we have co companies that are uh, five, 10 person startups that just raised their first round of funding and are trying to grow. We have companies that are 15, 20,000 employees worldwide. So the business model is, uh, uh, their pricing model is dependent on the overall size of the organization. If I forced you to take an average, what would you say? Yeah, I just, I don't know that that's appropriate for me to discuss. Okay. Well, give me a, what I'm looking for is a range. Yeah, I understand. I mean, are we talking for are we talking about a dollar per seat? Or are we talking a million per seat? You know, most here's what I will say. I mean, most companies in our space, I don't think we're the exception by all, by any stretch. We're pretty much, you know, the norm. Most companies in our space don't disclose their pricing without a conversation with the customers. Generally, what I'll say is that of our competitors, we tend to price out at the higher end. I think we tend to uh, be seen as more of a premium software solution. So often they'll get uh, quotes from 
a bunch of like applicant tracking software companies. And then, you know, the greenhouse uh, system is usually seen as a bit of a premium to those others. And, just, um, and for some companies, that's right. And for some companies, it's not. Round out the space for us uh, when you use your, if you're going to compare yourself to others, who, I mean, who do you compare yourself to? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the recruiting software space, as you probably know, is incredibly crowded. There are literally hundreds, to way too many, too many to, to measure. Uh, but you can think about it in different categories. Like, if you think about kind of small customers, under 100 employees, that's where you have many of the kind of free software. People are using things like Asana and Google Sheets, and they may upgrade to um, a tool like a Jazz or a Workable. Um, in the sort of mid-market, um, I think in, in the tech world especially, companies like up to thousand or two thousand employees there was a lot of time where that was kind of job bites territory um, and we've seen a lot of movement from them in, in recent years uh, and companies like iSIMS as well and then at the enterprise which has kind of um, been traditionally dominated by a lot of the big ERP systems like Oracle and SAP we're now seeing a lot of movement to you know, newer companies like ourselves um, and uh, you know who's just over the over the uh, water here in New Jersey and, and a few other uh, players like that. But like I said, the competition is extremely uh, broad, fragmented market. I think one of the things that we're going to do is try to sort of um, raise the bar of, uh, of our industry and try to deliver a lot more value and kind of make it a more active and dynamic industry than it's traditionally been. So Daniel, just to be clear, you kind of broke down the whole market there, but where do you see you competing? Is in the enterprise space against Oracle and SAP or what? Really, really in all three. I mean, we've, we've truly decided, you know, since the early days, like when you just launch, you can service small customers. So that's where we started. For, you know, many, many years, we have been, you know, investing in our platform. So we have very um, sophisticated permission models to support the most complex organizations. Uh, you know, IT security requirements, SOC 2 compliance, all the kind of big company stuff. Yet at the same time, keeping this software simple enough that we can measure for a 20-person customer customer with one recruiter and, and it's no problem. So, so we have three different tiers that we offer. And at the smaller tier, we kind of strip away a lot of the like enterprise complexity that they would see as more noise than value. And then at the upper end, where those things become true requirements. So we, we really do compete in all three. And then so take now, now that we know kind of about the business, take me back to the beginning. What year did you launch in? 2012. 2012. January. That's amazing. And do yeah. you, this is always an embarrassing number. Do you remember what first year revenue was? First year revenue, well, we, we, uh, we launched the product in 2013. Uh, so 2012 revenue was about $50. And that was because <laughs> we did a I taught a class at General Assembly called How to Make Hiring Strength of Your Company. And the first revenue ever into Greenhouse was actually a, um, uh, you know, an educator classroom fee that Affiliate I got. Affiliate check. Okay. But that was really market research for us. We really wanted to say like, hey, we think there's a new way of hiring that modern companies are figuring out. And... I honestly didn't know if anybody would get it or care. And so I thought rather than like spending millions of dollars building software, let's teach a class basically telling people the story and see if anybody would would show up and see if anybody would, would get it. And and so we spent a, months basically doing like these kinds of market research and, and showing well, so Daniel, take, take me into take battle. me into twenty thirteen. Take me post product. Yeah, yeah. What was your what, what was your first revenue in a year where you had at least a month of the product in the wild? Okay. So 2013, uh, I, I think we probably got to a million bucks that year. Oh, that's great. That's where you put in your investor deck on slide one. 1,000 or 10,000 percent growth year over year, revenue growth year over year. Oh, yeah. Dude, those month on month and week on week growth numbers in the first day were great. They right? just keep going. <laughs> 
we did i remember we had um we had decided that we were going to officially launch quote unquote once we had 25 customers and so we put a uh we put up on the wall like numbered boxes one through 25 and every time we got a sale we would like run to the printer and like print their logo out and cut it and tape it up on the wall like by that number and it took us about three months it took us basically the summer um which now looking back on it is kind of silly but like that was a big thing we had six people at the company and by the time we got to our 25th customer we thought okay like this is a real thing we can actually like, launch what are you at today if you don't mind me asking how many customers uh, just about 2,000. Two wow, 2,000. And do you see the typical kind of power laws with these different cohorts? In other words, you got about 80% of your customers on your smallest tier, but make up only 20% of your revenue? No, it's not quite that. It's not quite that severe because we've been moving increasingly like off market as we go. So th this year, for example, about 70% of our business will be, about 65% of our business will be between 100 and 1,000 employees. And then, um, you know, increasingly a percentage at, uh, at the upper end above a thousand employees versus at the lower end below a thousand below 100 employees and where are you at now in, so, today in terms of team size uh just about 200 190 195 200 all based in uh, up there in new york new york and san francisco okay yeah. mainly in new york one of our first hires uh outside the founding team was in san francisco got um, it we've always had some customers out there it's a big obviously like area for growth and hiring and um we've got a lot of board members out there so yeah that's always been a, a home base for us too board members usually means you've chosen not to bootstrap how much have you raised we've raised a total of about 60 million dollars through our series c round um that's a whole nother uh, song and dance I'm happy to talk about, but that's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of money. Is it a, uh, uh, is it, I'm trying to read your face here. Is it a happy song and dance or a song and dance that you look back on and go, that was like eating a Sour Patch Kid? No, I mean, you know, different entrepreneurs, I think probably have different take on it. I happen to love fundraising because to me, it's like another kind of sales. It's another kind of you know, you get out there and you tell your story. And um, so for me, I really enjoy doing it. And I think we've got great investors. Um, but it's every round you raise, and we've now raised, depending on how you count, five rounds of, of, of investment, every round is very different than the last. So you've just figured out this process of like, okay, what do these investors want? And how do they think about your company? And you fail, 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 fail. And then you get the one who's going to lead the round and you close the deal. And then the next time you got to raise money, it's a totally different game. Like talking to different companies, they're asking different questions. You've got to show different proof points. So you're kind of on this like constant hamster. Um, but you know, you mentioned at the outset, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for about 20 years and this is the first time that I've raised outside investment. So in the prior uh, company that I built, you know, we were bootstrapped. And so it was a whole different, a whole different kind of risk reward dynamic and a whole different relationship, but, um, they're both fun. They're just very different. And so it takes me into some of the, it sounds like you've had a very intentional plan going from kind of smaller scale SMBs to moving to the enterprise. And when you're doing cohort analysis on this, you're probably seeing all kinds of different things happening with churn and year over year expansion and things like that. Generally speaking, what are you seeing in the recruiting space in terms of kind of annual logo churn? Well, for us, it's it's we have, our retention is world class. The, by far, the biggest cause of churn for us, and it always has been since we started, was like we say, like marriage, death, and divorce, right? Yeah. Companies that get bought, they go out of business, they stop hiring. What um, is world class retention, though? I mean, what are you above? Uh, I would say, on average, ninety-seven percent of our customers retain. Oh wow! Are, are, what do you mean, ninety-seven percent you retain? 
Yeah, that's right. They were new. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I thought you said are new. Ninety-seven percent renew. No, they, re- they renew. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> they, re- they renew. Exactly. And then, have you? I imagine. Well, I mean, let me just ask. With two hundred people, do you have an inside sales team? Yeah, we're we're uh, mostly inside sales. How many? Uh, we probably have twenty sales reps now. Okay, so what usually well, if people have a, an, all, like, a secret. <laughs> yeah, usually when people have it, kind of an inside sales team of that size, they're really good at driving year over year expansion, which means they've typically driven net to net negative revenue churn. Have you guys hit that kind of magic milestone? So it's kind of interesting because we have kind of the one product module today, the greenhouse kind of core recruiting module, which the company buys at the entire organization level. Okay. Right. So a lot of these, like when you look at the expansion, that usually comes from kind of follow on product sales or new seats or something like if LinkedIn sells a recruiter seat, then next year they sell two seats. Like they've already bought greenhouse for the whole organization. Uh, so for us, like we've got a bunch of, um, cool products in the pipeline, um, that that's where really like dollar expansion is going to come from. We really want to start from this base of like, let's nail the core recruiting thing. Let's bring in this whole ecosystem. Like we have 200 recruiting products integrated in the house. Wow. So we deliver this entire ecosystem, not just our own platform. Yeah. So that was really a big investment for us. And now we're starting to ship additional products. We've got our newest product. Um, Greenhouse CRM, which is in beta, it's just about to launch uh, in, uh, later this quarter. So we're starting to roll out like a pipeline of cool stuff. Watch this space, um, and we think there's like tons of new, like innovative stuff that customers need and want that really isn't being served by the market. So would you say the majority of your inside sales teams they they, they are not running a playbook that is seed expansion based. They are running a playbook that is product expansion based. Hey, you're using the Greenhouse core platform already. Now check out this other one, and that's how you're driving the majority of your revenue expansion. I think I just I think I just uh, uh, figured something out. When I say inside sales as opposed to field sales, I think you're asking inside sales like as a, as in kind of customer sales versus new sales. Correct. So just to clarify, just to clarify, we have an inside sales team. They're not in the field, but they are primarily a new revenue, new logo sales team. That's right. Existing We're talking about the same thing. Like the new, yeah. Okay. Fine. Great. So, you know, generally speaking, like once our customers have bought, our main job is to keep them happy, you know, keep make sure that they get better at hiring, that we're serving their needs, that they, you know, because in the SaaS world, as you know, like, you know, when the customer's up for renewal, like they can leave at any time. Yeah. No, Daniel, my key, my key question is when they're renewing, like, well, let's say they pay you, I'm making this up a hundred grand in year one. If they were yeah. new at 150 grand, is most of that expansion revenue dedicated to they're adding additional products to their suite or they're adding additional seats? No, it's additional. So we don't sell by the seat, but it's basically additional growth at the customer. That's right. It's not additional Got it. products because we only have really the one main product today. Until so, the CRM comes along. There's a few little bits and bobs they can buy from us, but mostly it's the product. Understood. Exactly. So we're going to be, we, we, we've got a, a nice product development pipeline and, uh, and that'll become more and more um, of the growth story. But for now, it's really like as the customer grows, they use more of Greenhouse. That's where the growth comes in their, in their license. What are you currently paying to acquire a new customer? Um, I don't know that we disclose that publicly, to be honest. But, oh, or um, what's a range? Like, Definitely less than what? We think about our CAC LTV ratio more than just like the pure CAC, especially because we play in these very different markets, right? So you can pay a lot more to acquire an enterprise customer who's going to pay, you know, substantially, you know, three orders of magnitude more than a small customer. So what ratio are you at currently? 
uh, I'd rather not give that up. Uh, have you have you gotten under the kind of one to three industry standard? I would say that we have a very healthy ratio, and we're very happy to continue paying to acquire customers. Okay, a lifetime value to CAC ratio is obviously important, but what sometimes what's more important in SaaS uh, is is payback period. So people have bragged about their CAC ratio to me many times, but it takes them three years to get it paid back. Um, what do you try and optimize for in terms of payback period? Well, you know, because we generally have our customers that prepay for the subscription period, so that's really less of a concern for us. And also, like, we're well capitalized. So, you know, we really just focus on the cactel TV ratio determines kind of the fundamental efficiency of the business model and is it working right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, just to be clear, though, I mean, I've had folks come on that have raised a hundred million dollars, right? Where they are, they are, they are looking at and trying to figure out, like, they can go longer than the, you know, a twelve-month payback period because they have runway. But still, yeah. if you have a healthy LTV to CAC ratio, but you know your payback period is four or five years, that can still cause issues. So, but what I'm hearing you say is, just your time is limited. You don't have, you're not really focused on payback period because you have plenty of runway. You're focused on healthy LTV to CAC ratio, and you feel like in all your cohorts, that's healthy right now. You got it. Awesome. What are you, um, in general? Uh, this is you can't say inbound marketing or paid spend what's the weirdest thing you've done to acquire customers i can't say inbound marketing or paid spend what's nothing the traditional oh i have a great I have, I have, how many answers do you want i got a bunch give um, me two raising money absolutely a great way to acquire customers because you go pitch vcs and they're like they don't know what your product does or if anyone likes it so they go hey could i introduce you to some of our portfolio uh, and see if they like it. You're like, sure. I, for the first three, four years of the business, I got tons and tons of new business that way. And the other is, um, is this class we taught. So, you know, I taught this class. I ended up doing it for two years through General Assembly. We did, you know, hundreds of students came through and took my hiring class. And sure enough, when we had a product available, I reached out and said, hey, you took my class. Didn't know if you were aware, but we've got this new product out. I'd love to show it to you if, you, if you've got any interest. We got plenty of business that way. Um, so it went from market research to marketing. That's, pre that's pretty cool. Last question before we wrap up, uh, Daniel, with the famous five. You mentioned in 2012, you did a ginormous $50 in revenue. 2013, you break the million-dollar mark. Have you broken the $50 million ARR mark yet? I've got it in my sights. You've got Okay, so you're, it, it, you, you, you're tasting blood. It's, 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 it, it'll be there, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you think you'll hit it by the end of 2017? Uh, I, know, I know exactly when I'll hit it. <laughs> Do you think it'll be before 2017 ends? Hard to say. Will happen, but maybe you feel much better about it happening in 2018. I'll feel very good when I hit it. <laughs> you guys can watch the video and judge Daniel's facial reactions. Come away with your own conclusions. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened it's great if you're in sales or ceo or trying to be more productive so listen i bought the whole company on the spot and i want to tell you how i did it i've showed the deal by the way to big smart people private equity firms vcs and they're dumbfounded they go nathan how did you do this we've never seen a deal like this how did you do this so i did an unbelievable deal and I want to show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com, click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com.
Daniel, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, um, nudge. Nudge, it's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Uh, Kim Scott from Radical Candor. Number three, Daniel. is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Uh, greenhouse. Besides uh, your own. You know what? I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of Trello. I just published a blog on how to use getting things done in Trello. Very cool. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm great at sleeping. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Married. I've got a five-year-old kid. And uh, my wife's also a CEO and entrepreneur. Oh, my gosh. So what, is she in tech as well? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, she has a digital media company. That's amazing. And how old are you, Daniel? Uh, I'll be 44 next month. All right. Last question. Take us back 24 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, the dot-com crash. <laughs> hey, you'd be very, very wealthy if you knew about that when you were <laughs> There you guys have it from Daniel, founder of Greenhouse. He's been doing this for over 20 years. Did the whole bootstrap, bootstrap, bootstrap thing. And now, you know, it's like he's addicted to raising capital. Why? Because it gets him new customers, number one. Number two, he's done it and raised about 60 million bucks. He's got a team of 200 people helping it, helping you hire people more efficiently, faster. Greenhouse is their product. They're going to be coming out with the Greenhouse CRM here shortly. Daniel, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks so much.